Bet365 sponsors our podcast and they feature over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you need to bet on sports. Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets including first, last or anytime goal scorers with over 45 million members. It's the world's favourite online betting company. With the Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bets. And if you can't watch the games live with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company and the app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Welcome to the Molyneux View podcast with me, Jackie Oatley, and the Athletics Wolves correspondent, Tim Spears. Hello, Tim. Queen of Codsall, how am you? All right, Bab. It was all right until, what time was it? 7pm on Sunday night when it all went pear-shaped. And a couple of hours later, it was West Ham 4, Wolves nil. We were tempted to invite a therapist onto the podcast this week. Someone, maybe you could help Wolves fans to feel a little bit better about themselves, at least until the Fulham game at home on Sunday. But instead, we've gone for the football analyst option, a bit more traditional, a man who excelled in a Wolves shirt for five years. And he played for West Ham for three. Matt Jarvis, hello. Hello, how are we? Apart from the obvious. Yeah, well, apart from the obvious and the fact that I've just split a hot water bottle and it's just burnt all over my abdomen. <laughs> Cold at its little hot water bottle. A little lesson for you is when you fill up a hot water bottle, don't do it straight from boiling water. We all know it, but sometimes you're in a rush and you make that mistake. And Tim thinks the whole thing's hilarious, don't you, spiders? Well, I, I had the advantage of, of watching it unfold once. So. <laughs> I thought you'd had an electric shock. You leapt from one half of the screen to the other. I was like, what the hell's going on there? As, as if things weren't going badly enough. That That's just really helped. So anyway, let's get straight to it. West Ham, tips for relegation by many people. There was supposed to be a teaming crisis. Their co-owner said last week that he's depressed by their lack of transfer activity. And they absolutely battered Wolves. Matt, how? To be honest, you know, I've watched Wolves quite a lot, you know, even for the end of last season to the start of this one. And the way Wolves go about the game is they're they're so good at winning the ball back and and got that attacking threat going forward and unfortunately I just I didn't see any attacking you know that they, they didn't have that clear cut pass they didn't have you know Jimenez he was not in in the box when the ball was going to be coming in they the West Ham defended really well against Traore he he literally couldn't do anything he was trying to go down the line to put a crossing but they were doubling up on him and West Ham's left back was was giving himself so many yards, you know, head start of uh, Traore, and he, he he just he tried his best, but he couldn't quite get it right. And then after the first sort of fifteen minutes, they West Ham didn't. I say they get a foothold in the game. They didn't. They had a good, really good breakaway, and, and they scored. And it was a, it was a great finish into the far corner. But from then, Antonio was just outstanding for them, and, and he kept the three Wolves centre halves busy and occupied and it, they, they had a really tough time every time the ball got cleared from West Ham's defence he was picking it up and, and that's where it all started for West Ham but for Wolves it was slow it didn't look like they had an idea of what they were going to do once they got forward uh, and it's very unlike Wolves they just didn't seem to have that attacking threat I thought Neto tried um, I thought he, he worked hard kept on trying to burst forward with pace but unfortunately the, the rest of the the team just weren't, they were all keeping the ball nicely in midfield, but any time it went into the attacking box, there wasn't really any creativity. And, and then uh, Jimenez just wasn't finding himself in the right position with the ball at his feet or in the air. And it just, he didn't really have a shot on target. I completely agree with everything you said, Matt. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a horror show. It was, it was disgusting. I, I didn't like anything about it. It was statistically the worst result under Nuno, a four-goal a four defeat. That's their heaviest defeat since that Barnsley game when Zenga was in charge. Jackie, you remember that one? I was uh, awful. 
I mean, I've, I've watched a lot of it back this morning. Um, I mean, I'm no, I'm no masochist, but I sort of felt like one today watching it back. Um, extreme pain, but no gratification whatsoever. It was, um, it was, a, it it looked like a team struggling with its identity to me, which you could never say about Wolves under Nuno. But you know, we know he's trying this this new style, overloading with more possession. I think they had 64 percent possession last night but there were problems everywhere I mean it starts in midfield where they were just far too laboured no creativity no real key or incisive passes from Neves or Martinho the wing backs were, were further on than they normally are I mean we're so used to, to Doherty and Johnny kind of owning those two flanks but Simedo and Venegra pushed quite forward and then whenever West Ham won it and countered Wolves um, the back three were left just so exposed and then up front you know like like Matt says, I mean, Jimenez all on his own. Um, Traore got to the byline a few times, but there was hardly anyone to attack the ball in the middle. So it was a real mishmash. And um, I do worry um, if you look at the Man City first half and you look at you look at Sunday night, um, that's seven goals conceded in two. That's seven defeats in 12 going back to the end of last season. That's alarming. So Nuno's got a bit of a decision to make going forward in terms of how this team style progresses. Does he, does he put the brakes on that and go back to what they're good at? Or does he look to continue to evolve? But, um, you know, I think you expect I think you expect inconsistency when they're trying something new, but not getting the basics wrong like last night. It was just a horror show. Joe Cole said after the match on BT, I thought Wolves came here with a swagger of a team that disregarded West Ham. They didn't do the fundamentals to stop them. They looked like they could turn up and turn them over. They were miles off it. Matt, did you sense any complacency? Um, I, that's one thing I don't generally associate with Wolves at all. I think that's, you know, even with uh, Connor Cody, he's like, he is Mr. Consistent. He's the vocal. He he makes everything, you know, for that team. You can hear it, especially with the no crowd. You hear him screaming orders around the place. But I just didn't feel like there was any impotence. I don't think anyone, you know, really, really had a, you know, a, a go. There wasn't any sort of, I don't know, passion, I suppose, that's that everyone's has watched over the last sort of couple of years with with the Wolves team, and you know Nuno is trying different things. But even if you just look at the second half against City, they played so much better. They had a passing. They they played with pace. They played with purpose, and everyone had their roles in that team. Whereas last night, I I, I don't think that it's very difficult to replace Doherty because he's been so good for them so good and he knows how that position works and and I think the rest of the team know how it works I mean Cody's always getting the ball and hitting that big diag to him and and Tomato he for me it wasn't a great debut I don't think he did particularly anything well or didn't do anything particularly wrong but I just don't think in, in them positions you need to stand out um, you need to be that creative spark in that team and and I don't I don't feel like that that happened and then it's just it's very disappointing to to watch a team that doesn't really quite know exactly what's going to happen. And then you at the end of the game, you're looking at the team with all of the subs, and you 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 don't really know what the team is, which is alarming. Yeah, well, you mentioned those diagonals. I was looking at this morning. Cody completed one pass to Traore all night, and that's just not what you expect really from Wolves. And I know West Ham kind of doubled up on him. And they kept a close eye on Neto as well, but there was just there was no alternative. There was no alternative kind of route to goal, really. And um, all the things that Wolves are good at, um, West Ham sort of did to them. I thought West Ham out Wolves, Wolves really. They sat deep, they soaked up the pressure, and they smashed them on the break. And it should have been more than four. I mean, it flattered, it flattered Wolves. And but, th- but th- this isn't Man United or Man City we're talking about here. It's, it's West Ham. You've got to give West Ham a lot of compliments for that because the way that they dealt with Wolves, they knew that the attacking threat that they've got and they did double up on Traore and Neto and Jimenez was was kept very quiet um, you know it, you, you've got to give that and Antonio was fantastic for them which which did occupy the three centre half so they did out Wolves Wolves which is incredible really because going into that game you, you would have expected that scoreline to be the other way around Yeah you have to give them a huge amount of credit because they did everything well but you even got the impression from them that it felt a little bit easy for them I mean you saw Alain when he nodded home the fourth goal he was like I can't really be bothered to celebrate it's a bit like yeah. it's a bit like a training match it's yeah. a bit embarrassing to celebrate scoring yeah. a goal against this lot it was 
that bad. I mean, it's just extraordinary. I mean, I make notes all throughout the game because A, I'm a little bit sad, but B, it's like another reporting match for me. So, I, you know, line down the centre, make notes, thoughts as I go along. And in the opening few minutes, the only notes I had for Wolves were they keep giving the ball away, Adama, then Raul, even Cody, a simple pass for Semedo. And it was easily intercepted, put Wolves on the back foot straight away, even Neto racing forwards, but to nowhere in particular, overran the ball. And it was a succession of that. So whatever the style of play they're trying to transition to, you can't make any excuses for the fact that simple passes were going astray right from the opening minute. And for the opening two goals for West Ham, they stemmed from Raul having nowhere to go, having no options, giving the ball away. The first one swept up to midfield, centre circle, foul, quickly taken free kick. Doesn't matter if the ball was slightly rolling and it was four yards away easy easy finish whatever size was doing in defense then it was just so easy for West Ham so whilst you give them credit you have to look at Wolves and say what on earth were you thinking what was the mindset going into that game yeah I think you're you're you are right there's loads of things that have happened there as well like you know that Bowen's left footed you know he wants to come inside and take it onto his left foot and you give him so much time and space to, to make that decision and he just curls into the far corner. But like you said, it is the first game that I've seen in a long time where Cody's made a lot of decisions and passes that have gone astray and, and Antonio sort of bullied him a little bit in, in aspects that every time the ball got cleared, if it was down the one side, if you're running down to the left channel, you expect Cody to be there to go across to get the ball away. And Antonio was getting there first and getting his body in and it just brings the whole team up the pitch and... And there's so many little passes that were giving the ball away, which is something you just don't associate with Wolves. And they're, they're so cultured, they're so progressive up the pitch and then they counter with extreme pace and you didn't see that at all. Mm, I mean, we'll go on to break down the defence, midfield, attack and various other options in, in different segments shortly so we can do it all justice. But first of all, Nuno's quotes after the match, very bad performance, bad game, losing duels. We didn't create. Every time they attacked, they had a chance of goal. Second half, when we wanted to go for it, we still had the same problems. All the game was very bad. There are things we should do better. Our foundation is being compact, solid, and we were not. It creates a lot of problems going forward. You cannot feel positive and confident to attack. There's so much to improve. We have to work hard on the training pitch and improve, Tim. Yeah, I mean, he, he was he was very honest and, you know, didn't try and sugarcoat it as, as you can't after, after that. But um, but he's he's got to take he's got to take his share of the blame as well for how the, the team is set up. You know, Wolves Wolves are used to playing the same way every week with the same players in the same positions every single week. And like David Jones was saying on last week's pod, once you start to change that a bit, players don't like that. You know, they, it becomes an, an uncomfortable, unusual um, setting and scenario for them. And you know, we've spoken a lot about how the style probably needs to change if they want to become an elite club, a Champions League chasing club and they need to score more goals and um, they need to become more of a dominant team. But how do you do that without any pre-season? I think that's the issue. And and interestingly, you look at the results of the other teams who haven't had a pre-season. As I was texting you at 11 o'clock last night, wasn't I? Um, Man City and Man United, um, both with very poor results and uh, performances so far in their two games. And Wolves as well. I mean, is that a coincidence? The three teams that went deepest in Europe and have had hardly any break and no pre-season together. This is effectively Wolves' pre-season now. So he might be looking to change too much too soon because, yeah, Wolves, like like I said, they looked like a team lost last night without an identity. Yeah, that is a key point. I mean, David Moyes said after their opening 2-0 home defeat by Newcastle, we had a good pre-season. Wolves have not had that. They barely had any. They arrived back the Thursday before the Monday night game at Sheffield United. That is the internationals. Nine of them were away. West Ham's last game at the end of the season was 26th of July after playing just nine games post-lockdown. They finished at home on the 26th of July, they're at home, they can relax, go to bed, switch off mentally. The next game was seven weeks away, three weeks off, four weeks of full pre-season West Ham had together. Whereas Wolves' last game was the 11th of August after playing 11 games post-lockdown, including a trip to Germany for that Europa League quarterfinals and everything that goes with that, all the testing, the bubbles, the travelling. They got back the 12th of August. Nine of them are then called up for internationals. And as I mentioned, weren't back till the Thursday before the Monday night game at Sheffield United, which they did play well and they won. But since then, they have looked a shadow of their former selves, Matt. It's a huge matter. I think any player that says that it doesn't matter if they haven't had a pre-season and they go into games is, and going to be flying it, it, is lying. 
you you have to have a good preseason. It doesn't matter what what stage of your career you're at. If you can have a good preseason, you know, you just get get into things slowly. You can do the training, then you get into playing 45 minutes, then you can do another 45, then you go into 60s, and then you've got a 90 before you're ready to go. These players have had it's not just this season as well, it's last season and the amount of games that they play, you know. Cody, uh, well, to be fair, a lot of these players, they play every single game, you know, because we know that Nuno doesn't like to change the teams that much. So they've had a lot of football in the last couple of years. And then to go into, you know, back starting a new season, which mentally is, is a massive fatigue after going out of Europe, spending such a starting the season early, finishing it late mentally trying to recover and then start again and having no pre-season you're just going straight back into it is very difficult yes they started well which was a fantastic result but it's it's hard to just maintain that and and players that you know they've played so much you you need to have that rest to recover and you to go again and it's very difficult to just keep on going and should we also tim think about the fact that Virtually all these players are from abroad. Nuno hasn't seen his family for ages. He seemed very subdued on his uh, pre-match press conference the other day. He wasn't happy. He was talking about not happy about the government, that we didn't want to get too political. He wasn't happy about the fact they're not getting tests back fast enough. There were a lot of things he seemed really quite anxious about with the current uh, coronavirus restrictions. And this isn't a case of trying to find excuses for Wolves. We're here trying to work out why they are playing absolutely nothing like the way that we know they can again we'll come on to the segments of the different parts of the team in a moment but do you think there's anything in that Tim about the the lack of pre-season and the fact that we're living in such difficult times whereby people can't see their families and go out and about like they normally would I mean Boris is getting blamed for a lot at the moment but are you chucking Wolves' 4-0 defeat at West Ham into that as well (laughs) (laughs) Um, no you I I think the um, only thing he's not getting blamed for at the moment (laughs) I think uh, I think the lack of pre-season as as Matt says has, has played a big role however they look so good at Sheffield United on, on the opening day um, in hindsight was that because Sheffield United was so poor you look at their results since maybe we sort of got carried away a little bit with Wolves' performance that day I don't think they were they weren't poor at all against Leeds they were absolutely fine it, it could have gone either but you way, looked at what Wolves were doing that day with the interchanging and the fluidity of the front players there was absolutely none of that last night they, they were so static going forward and as Nuno as Nuno said last night he admitted you know we were prepared we'd had a week on the training ground pretty much we were ready he said it, things went wrong in the game, so that to me hints at hints at problems with this with this new style that he's trying to implement. And like I said, that's that's a key decision now going forward. Is is this is this going to come together on the training ground? You know, they haven't they're at the Carabao Cup, so they have got they have got plenty of time between games coming up. Um, but like I said, the way that he set them up last night didn't work. And um, that's something he's got to look at pronto. Yeah, they did have a full week of training, which West Ham didn't. They played in the Cup, 5-1 victory over Hull. And um, Wolves had that whole week after losing to Stoke. So it's three defeats in a row now. But some quotes from Conor Cody, which I was quite keen to hear about afterwards, his honest assessment. I think from minute one, they were faster than us to everything. They ran more than us. They were more powerful than us. They were miles better than us. Full credit to West Ham. I thought they were brilliant. But for us, we need to look at the way we do things because it's important we learn from it as quickly as possible. But this is what happens in the Premier League. If you're not on it from minute one, you get punished. It's not like us. But when they were attacking, we were too far apart. We weren't close enough to each other. We didn't defend properly as a team and as a unit at the back. We'll look at the game because it needs looking at. We need to look at where we've gone wrong because for 95 minutes, we have gone wrong. So looking at that defence, Matt, I mean, Connor wasn't his usual assured self. There was a a new right wing back, of course, in Semedo making his debut. Vinagra really is the third choice left wing back. There's no getting around that. He was number two to Barry Douglas and he was number two to Johnny, who's out with an ACL. Marcel looks like a, a tough old unit with plenty of experience. He's out. We don't know the latest at the moment of his injury, but and Saiz was absolutely nothing like his usual self. And, uh, and Bolly what on earth was going on with Bolly as well? Is he playing on the wrong side? Is he mentally not right? Can you put your finger on what went wrong with that defence? I think, first of all, you, you don't you expect nothing less from Connor on his interview. He's such an honest who tells you exactly, you know, what he thinks, and and he's completely right. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's completely right. They weren't on it from 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 minute one, and uh, West Ham were faster, stronger. Everything that he said. Now, why? that is is I, I you can't just say one thing I, th- I think there's a there's a number of things obviously giving balls away cheaply adds puts pressure on yourselves um having a slightly different shape that they haven't 
exactly been used to with the personnel. I think that has a difference. He's saying that there's lots of gaps. There was a lot of gaps, but that was because their their style of play is they're changing to try and keep hold of the ball more, which in essence puts West Ham playing like Wolves. They were sitting deep and every time they got a chance, they had pace to counter, which leaves Wolves open because they're pushing more players forward. Like you've said, the two fullbacks, uh, one back, sorry, were, were extremely high. And then you had three up front. And then you've only got two in the midfield, which, you know, they're, they're not they're not capable of being in three places with only two players because of the way that West Ham were. And then they, as soon as they're past them two, you, you're on straight into the three centre-halves. And it's very difficult to close down space and when, when you're so stretched. So there's, there's a number of things. But ultimately, I think it was just that they weren't doing the fundamentals right. Like Joe said, they were losing possession easy. They had no spark. And there was no options. It looked like every time they got the ball, if Traore was marked, they had nothing else. They looked well. They, they they didn't have anything else. They were just passing it sideways, sideways, and then they just kept on trying to look to Traore, and he he was getting doubled up all the time. So it, we've never seen that before um, with a Wolves side. That if if Traore is not on, that they go somewhere else and they try and make a play and they create opportunities another way, but. On uh, against West Ham, it was completely, completely one-dimensional, and, and West Ham defensively done very well, and, and that was it. If you look at like the average, the average positions of the Wolves midfield in particular, and Semedo was was the highest of them, but the gap between him and Bolly was was so big. You know, Vinagra high up the field as well, and for all the possession they have, whenever they gave it away, they were turned over so quickly by West Ham, and they were left so exposed at the back. Defense even leakier than your hot water bottle, Jo. And Cody was just pulled from pillar to post. Sace and Bolly too. As you mentioned, Sice, what, what's happened to him? Bolly doesn't look his assured self. I mean, Sice, from Sheffield United to, to what he's done for that fourth goal, pathetic really, after the free header for Haller for the fourth. But but in their defence, they were given no help. There was no real defensive shield in front of them. I think Dendonka should have been in there. Um, Traore's not going to offer much protection. Jota's great at that. You look at Jota and Johnny down the left. How solid is that ahead of Saïs? And now Saïs has got Neto and, and Vinagre ahead of him. It's just not the same. So for the second goal as well, if you look at it, when Antonio drags Cody down the left, pops it back into the middle, and then the shot hits the post and Bowen puts in the rebound. If you look at that goal, there's only Cody, Bolly and Saïs in shot when that ball goes in the net in the camera shot, which just shows you they're not tracking back quick enough either. So... Yeah, defence collectively not great, exposed and left one-on-one. I, I look at the system really rather than the individuals there. Wouldn't it be great if every clothing store you shopped at had only your size, the styles you like and everything at the price you want? Well, Stitch Fix is a company focused on doing just that. It's an online personal styling company that makes getting the clothes you love simple. It's a completely different way to shop and it's all about you. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk slash athletic to set up your profile and they'll deliver great looks personalised just for you. You'll pay a £10 styling fee for each fix, which is credited towards anything you keep. Schedule at any time with no subscription. Delivery and returns are completely free and easy, so you can always send back items that aren't right for you. Get started with Stitch Fix today by going to stitchfix.co.uk slash athletic now. Not being wise after the event, but when I saw Neves and Matinho in midfield at the start from Man City, I was slightly concerned about the potential soft centre being overrun. And then the same selection, both Neves and Matinho, again, no Dendonka in the midfield and did worry about that. Why do you think, Matt, that Dendonka's not getting a start at the moment? And do you think, as a lot of Wolves fans believe, that Neves and Matinho, a bit too similar, a bit one-paced, do a similar job, no physicality, not creating enough either, and that it's just not working at the moment. Yeah, I th- it's it's very difficult because I would say that you know Nuno's trusted, and over the past you know last season especially, Neves and Matino have been outstanding. They really have. They have had a lot of help with regards to you know like like we've said before, you know Jota on one side, he's been tracking back. You've had Doherty, who's defensively minded. You know that they they make a massive difference to to how you can then play in midfield, but if you're looking at the games, definitely 
you would say that Dendonka would have been perfect fit for Man City game. You know you're going to be overrun, even though you're you know you're trying to play a, a different way of football. You know that Man City are going to be dominant. They're going to be on the ball, so you need that defensive reinforcement. And then I think he's probably thought from the second half in the Man City game that yes we we were better we, we managed to get hold of the ball we created more chances so we can do that from the start against West Ham uh, and I, I, I not saying they underestimated them I, I feel that West Ham stepped up their game after getting a lot of you know bad press and everything that's been going on with the club I think they stepped up their game and overrun the midfield and tactically they went to uh, the set to match up Wolves and and it just it worked much better, and and you look, you just think it, it was perfect. You could see that they're over on midfield. The two fullbacks were too high. You need someone in there to help out, and and he would have been the perfect player. I am I am a bit worried about Matinho. It's it's been a while since he really dominated a game. I mean, I was looking at the stats this morning. Matinho and Neves played 192 passes between them. The whole West Ham outfield played 312, so that's almost two-thirds. They saw an awful lot of the ball, but of those 192 passes between Matino and Neves, they only played one key pass between them, which Opta sort of defines as you know a creative, incisive pass. Matino actually, his pass accuracy was 97%, so he barely gave it away, but he didn't, didn't do anything with it. And all of those were side... You look at his map, all of those are side-to-side. Side. It looks like a rugby player where all, where all his passes went. Only one tackle and no interceptions as well from Matinho. So despite the fact he was so heavily involved in the game in terms of seeing the ball, he was really quite anonymous. And they were so ponderous in moving it from side to side that West Ham could follow those switches from one flank to the next very easily. They never prized West Ham apart or sort of stretched their back line. So there wasn't enough urgency, there wasn't enough variation. And I do worry about the Matinho issue because... Is it too easy to link it to his age? Is he burnt out? He played an awful lot of football last season. For me, he doesn't he doesn't guarantee a starting spot at the moment for the first time in his Wolves career. And I'd, I'd be having Dendonka in there with Neves, which worked so well against Everton towards the end of last season and has done a couple of times. That's what I'd be looking at now. Yeah, he's been brilliant for Wolves. He's 34 now. He's played 53 games in the past 12 months, 47 of them for Wolves, the rest for Portugal, plus all the travelling of the Europa League internationals. And Matinho hasn't scored for 39 games for club or country since the goal at Bournemouth in November. And he scored just one goal in 108 games since that Man United away goal, two in nearly three years. Now, OK, he's not in the, the game to primarily score goals, but he's not offering that from midfield either. Neves isn't either. Two goals for him in his last 58 games for club and country uh, home to Villa and Espanyol. So again, you're not getting that. Oh, is that right, is it? Yeah, wow. two in 58. For a, for a player of his shooting ability, that is that is. Yeah, and his was one of only two shots on target against West Ham. I mean, Wolves fans will be thinking, hey, shots on target. It was a really tame curling effort, which is easy for Fabianski. The other one was uh, Raul Jimenez's header from miles out, which is looped easily into Fabianski's arms. That counted as a shot on target. They really have hardly had any. So if you're the opposition, you'd be thinking, ah, oh, Neves and Matinho at the moment, quality players, not fast, physically very similar, not very beefy. And I think of them as being a bit like a caramel cream, a soft centre, luxurious, enjoyable, but you know, there's going to be consequences afterwards. Ah, oh, there she goes. That's beautiful. And you just wonder what's the solution to the midfield conundrum? I mean, I know that you can't isolate defence, midfield and attack, Matt. They're obviously all interlinked and your style of play and, and your tactics, etc. But that midfield is a real concern at the moment. It, it is. And them stats aren't very good reading. Um, <laughs> they are a similar player. They are you know, fantastic on the ball, but they're, they're not doing what they need to be doing whether that's because last season they would be able to give it to Traore to Jota and to Jimenez and they would do the rest of the work they really would they would they've been outstanding on the break you would just get one pass they play it forward and them three would be sprinting past everyone and, and um, linking up together and scoring the goals I think teams are working them out they're playing a lot deeper giving them enough room to run in behind which is causing Wolves a problem obviously Traore is getting doubled up because he's such a threat he's, he's absolutely incredible player that's now everyone's deciding that you know we stop Traore we're, we're really stopping a lot of Wolves' attack and then the other side Jota's not there anymore so you've got Neto who's a fantastic player but he's not quite the you know the player that uh, you're thinking he's going to be scoring the amount of goals that Jota did and creating the amount of chances he could he's got the potential to but at the moment it's not there 
So then you're relying on goals from Jimenez and he's a fantastic goal scorer, but he's not getting the supply now. And whether that's down to tactics, whether that's down to needing an extra player in the midfield and maybe going to have to uh, go with a, a back four instead of the, going with the three, uh, it, it's, it's very difficult to, to pin it down. But I just think that the, the big miss were the two wing backs. That they're huge for the way that Wolves play. And I think that's that's going to be the difference of trying to bring in new players that are going to work in this system. And we all know that Nuno is a is a manager that works. And when you bring a player in, you're not bringing the finished article because yeah, he works and he develops and he makes sure that these players do improve and they're a better player for it. But he's done it at a time that the team needed a lot of a couple of players that were you know ready to go right now um and unfortunately it might be a transitional year and and that's not going to be good with different inconsistencies and players that are just starting to come into the game i mean you look at the end of the game against west ham it's a completely different team you wouldn't associate that with a wolves team at all you know it's normally the 14 15 players maximum that that you would have seen on the team sheet or coming on and now you're you're seeing a whole different team it's it's going to be a very interesting season that you hope that nuno has got a plan and like I've said, he he works hard on the training pitch. That that midfield is an area that you need to have maybe three players in there that's going to shore it up. Mm. I mean, you mentioned Samedo. You would expect him to come good. It was it was his first match. He'd maybe had three days, I think, on the training pitch with Nuno. Oh, interested to hear Terry Gibson, former top footballer, now based in Spain. He's watched virtually every game Samedo's played, and he was talking to Wolves TV ahead of the game. Very, very positive about him, saying they only sold him because they needed the money. They normally get eighty thousand in the gates every couple of weeks. They're not getting that, and that's why I had to sell Suarez, etc. Um, but he was saying that with Nuno's tuition, he really, really does expect him to kick on and iron out any kinks in his game but he's very positive going forwards very talented player that will take time um, but in terms of the attack I mean it was so obvious that Raul's frustrated and isolated it, it didn't seem to me that he had an off night at all it was just that he wasn't getting that kind of link-up play between well he normally has Pedence doesn't he who's been outstanding at the start of the season we barely mentioned him he was out hopefully not too long with a shoulder injury and um Whilst Adama Traore was working hard, trying to create things, people were critical of him. But again, there just wasn't that link-up play. There wasn't that sort of fluidity and players close enough to each other to play those one-twos and to really cause some damage. West Ham so organised at the back. Alan Irvine, their assistant manager, who was there, of course, in place of David Moyes, was saying that we've worked so hard on our defence and they were so organised and they did not allow Wolves any kind of space to play their usual link-up play. No, they didn't. Uh, that is a testament to, to West Ham. They 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 defensively were, were perfect uh, on the night. But it's it just felt to me that in the midfield of Matinho or Neves or whoever it was, they sort of looked, passed it to Traore and then just said, right, you go and do it because we're just going to sit here. We're going to let you do it because we, we don't want to you know get out of our shape. We, we, we're happy to just stay here. And the same with Neto. Every time the two of them got the ball, there was then no movement. The Jimenez was trying to make Ivids get to the ball or come to the feet, and he was then not get not receiving the ball, so becoming more frustrated. And the, the, there wasn't anyone else. Everyone else was sort of just to the side or getting it, passing it back, and you were still trying to look for Neto and Traore. And West Ham were so so well drilled that they had no space to go anywhere so it just looked like and the stats prove that they just go side to side to side to side and it wasn't quick it was slow and and then there was nothing no end product and that's why Jimenez was a frustrated figure up there and very disappointed that he he couldn't get on the end of any crosses because there wasn't many coming in I felt sorry for for Jimenez absolutely for starters you know he had you mentioned link up plays there I mean Doherty would always come in and play a little one-twos with him. That was, you know, a, a good route to goal for Wolves and Pedence, who they really missed as well, has been linking up well with him. And Jota has historically as well. So you've got all those things missing from the team. I thought Traore did well with with a bad hand, actually, particularly in the first half. As Matt says, they basically just gave him the ball and said, do something amazing. And a lot of the time, he would take two players on in one go and people take that for granted because it's Adama Traore. But that's unbelievable ability to be able to do that time and again. There was one time he put the put a really good cross into the box and Jimenez was stood on the edge of the box and wasn't moving and it dropped on the edge of the six-yard box and he didn't attack it, which was a concern. But yeah, as Matt said, very one-paced and then basically give the ball to Traore or Neto and, and they can produce the fireworks. And they did try to stretch West Ham into the corners, but we're often going down cul-de-sacs 
So you need alternative routes to goal and, and there just weren't any because Matinho and Neves aren't, aren't really those type of players. So um, again, that's something to look at in terms of the evolution of the team. You know, does he want to bring in someone more of a number 10? Vitinha maybe might be that player because otherwise Wolves, Wolves are just going to look too predictable. I mean, this is all very doom and gloom and I hope people think we're not being overreactionary. However, what I would say is that this is probably the worst we've, we've ever seen Wolves under Nuno. So, and it, and 4-0 flattered them. In successive matches, in three successive matches, apart from the second half against Man City, Stoke, which had most of the first team out at some stage, really didn't create anything at all up front. I mean, the first half against Man City, you were watching thinking, is this really Wolverhampton Wanderers? And then against West Ham, for the entire game, they got progressively worse, if anything. It wasn't as if in the second half where they sorted it out. There were no changes. I thought Dendonka might come on at half time. No, there, there weren't any. There weren't any changes, and that, that's an issue. Didn't change it for the better that's, at all. Well, that's an issue with the bench because you've got Fabio Silva, eighteen. That you're not expecting much from him straight away, and Vitinha, twenty, not much experience either coming in. Hoover was the other sub again. He's he's brand new. He's only played four times in his career. Tim, apart from them on the bench, they had Meriton Shabani, who's been out for ages. Dendonka, who stayed on the bench. Uh, Max Kilman, we've hardly seen much of him as a backup centre half this season. Not always been on the bench, and John Ruddy. The goalkeeper, whereas West Ham, you're looking at a team who most people have tipped for relegation, by the way, even their co-owner is screaming, ah, I'm so depressed, I can't bring anyone in. They had Haller on the bench. They had Mark Noble, their skipper on the bench. They had Yarmolenko, very talented forward player. Um, Manuel Lanzini, who can be outstanding on his day. Felipe Anderson as well. And you look at the Wolves bench, as you mentioned, Hoover, Silva, two 18-year-olds, Vitinha, a 20-year-old, um, as well as Dendonka, Shabani and Kilman. So... That's why people are asking, have Wolves really strengthened? And we know Johnny's out with an ACL. We know Marcel's out, hopefully short term. Pedence was out on the night. But watching Doherty earlier on in the day, linking up and the way he normally does and with his little cheeky little runs inside, making things happen, it just it just seems so obvious they were desperately missing both Doherty and Johnny against yeah. West Ham. Yeah, I, yes, they are. But what you have to say is... Everyone says in Nuno we trust and you look at what he's done in the past, the recruitment's been fantastic. Over the years, it really has. It's been amazing. And like I said before, he improves players. So, you know, they are, there is youngsters that have come in. Yes, Samedo as well. But they, they've brought in players that they know that they're going to be able to improve. It's just unfortunate that it wasn't you know, brought in, drip fed in, they're all come at once. And that's that's going to be the thing that by the end of the season, they're all going to be improved as a player and the team's going to be stronger for it. The The, the issue you've got is you need to get it sorted right away. And that is, uh, that is difficult when you've got such young players that haven't played as much football as the players that were in the team that have left. And, but I'm, I'm, you know, this is all doom and gloom. But I'm very sure that Nuno and Wolves will sort it out, and they'll they'll have another really good season. I think it will be difficult to replicate finishing seventh, but that's only because of other teams that have improved their squads that are that at the moment that are playing well. I, I I don't see Wolves being anything other than in the top half of the table. And Matt, just finally, before we let you go, we've had a, a tweet from David Gannon who's asking, was it the Sunday 7pm kickoff? Probably um, desperate for any kind of any kind of hint of reason as to why they play so poorly. But yeah, everyone you... had such a big Sunday roast. Yeah, <laughs> we can judge footballers by our own standards. Well, I, had, yeah. I had too many roast potatoes. Yeah. I couldn't play at seven pm on a Sunday. It's maybe different for them. But I mean, not in terms of excuses. But do you think in terms of routine and the way they do things, it had any effect, or is that completely out the window? No, I, to, to be honest, no. I mean, you do, as footballers, I speak you know we like routine we like to know what we do we like you know plan right you've got a game okay the day before you do this the day before that you do that it's it's very much a routine and, and you, we don't like change but you can't say that a Sunday night at seven o'clock would, would make any sort of drastic difference everyone else had to do it West Ham had to do it and they were you know absolutely firing so unfortunately you can't use that as an excuse Nuno will have to look elsewhere <laughs> to find solutions. Who'd have thought it could be something else them other than the kickoff time? Who'd have thought? Matty, thank you so much. Pleasure. Really Hope. appreciate you coming on the Molyneux View. Hopefully I'll come back on another one when it's all happy 4-0 wins. It's right for you. You should play for West Ham. You could go on a West Ham pod now and go, wasn't that amazing? What a fabulous night at the office that was. <laughs> well, yes, I, I could, but uh, but I'm not. I'm on the Wolves one. <laughs> oh, bless you. We appreciate it. Thank you. Cool. My pleasure. 
Now, as a listener of this podcast, you can start shaving with Harry's today by claiming your trial set for £3.95. Support our podcast and get your set delivered to you, including a razor handle, five-blade cartridge, foaming shave gel and travel blade cover by going to harrys.com forward slash view right now. That's harrys.com forward slash view. Tim Nuno says solutions are inside. We cannot look outside. Problems and solutions are inside of the squad. So he wants to put it right on the training pitch. Wolves fans are screaming for additions in the transfer window, which closes on Monday, October the 5th at 11 o'clock. Your thoughts on that? My thoughts are that they don't panic buy and one result will not have Nuno screaming to... She or Mendes, you know, we need we need a player. You know, how bad were we at West Ham? It's not what they do. They've got a very methodical long-term approach. We know this. It's been very successful for them. However, they do need a top-class centre-half. I think they've needed one. I thought they needed one last season. I think they still need one now. I think, that, I think that's the plan. I think that is the plan going forward. But, whether, but I don't think it was going to be this summer. Now, whether a 4-0 defeat at West Ham, maybe a defeat against Fulham, might change that. We'll see. I, I, I doubt it. The last I heard, they're done. Um, they like what they've got. They like what they've done. They've spent a lot of money. I know that you can look at the comparisons. 80 million spent this summer and 80 million's come in. Doesn't quite work like that in terms of what they've got in the bank right now. They've got 4 million for Jota out of the 45 they're going to get for him, for example. With everything that's happening with coronavirus, they don't know what their income's going to be this season. You know, they've, they've not got money to burn, right? They're not in trouble, but they've not got money to burn either. So, are they going to go out and spend 30, 40 million on a centre half in the next week? I'd be, I'd be really surprised. It would go against what they normally do. Do you think they need to though? I, th- I think the issues are more with the way that they're playing and the system that they were playing last night. You know, they're trying to do new things this season. Small things that we've never seen before. Connor Cody nutmegged someone and gallivanted over the halfway line last night and was the fourth highest player on the pitch. Now, I'm going to wager that that's not happened in the last three years. We saw Saiz rampaging forward at, at Sheffield United. Um, he, he did it again against Man City, he kind of bombed forward. We've seen Neves in the box, right? That is a statement. We've seen Ruben Neves in the box. He even had a shot from inside the box at one point. This might sound minor. These things just do not happen. Wolves have been given more of a license to push forward. They've been asked to be creative and more fluid in attack. That's going to cause issues and problems while, while they get used to it. Um, is bringing in, Would a top-class centre-half have, have stopped them losing last night by 4-0? Not for me. Um, he would have marked Haller better for the fourth goal maybe, but otherwise Wolves were soundly beaten for reasons other than personnel, in my opinion. I think the next week will mostly be about outgoings. They've got more they want to shift on. I think Oscar Burr is a, is a cert to go out on loan. He's not going to get any minutes now. They've got two right wing backs. And I thought Hoover had showed a couple of nice touches when he came on as well, by the way, last night. So we'll see. Someone I feel really sorry for in all this is Max Kilman because whenever he's played... Oh, took the words out of my mouth, yeah. Whenever he's played for Wolves, he's played well. Sometimes he looks not that comfortable on the ball, but equally, for, for a new player out of non-league, I think he's done himself a lot of justice. Liverpool away last season, outstanding at Anfield he was. Um, Bratislava away in a really unusual circumstances, he was brilliant. Does he get a chance now? You can't just rely on the same 11 players. You know, He says the solutions are in his squad. Maybe that's what he's thinking of. Um, I know that might not be the answer that a lot of fans want. You know, They want to see Ruben Diaz come in, but... As we've seen the amount of money that Man City has spent on him, Wolves aren't going to spend that kind of money. We say what Wolves fans want. They just want Wolves to be solid. They want to look defensively solid. And if that's Max Kilman coming in and playing a blinder and, and Bolly going back to the left, that's another issue, isn't it? He hasn't looked quite the same on the right. And also another option available to Nuno is to put Dendonka back in the centre of defence and put him on the right of the three and put Bolly to the left. Would that be in his thoughts, do you reckon? Possibly. That, it, you know, it worked well to an extent when Bolly was injured for a couple of months last season. I thought Dendok had come in and did well. But then the clean sheets and the goals conceded markedly improved when Bolly came back into the team with Saiz last season. However, yeah, maybe Bolly on the left where he's done very well for Wolves over, over some years and Dendonka on the right might be a solution. Me personally, I, I want Dendonka in that midfield. Um, but either way... Mm. We could have Saiz in the midfield. Yeah, true. Getting booked yeah, left, right absolutely. and centre. But yeah, with a Dendonka <laughs> fan club here, I think he's got to play against Fulham next week. 
so yeah, they, like I said, they've spent a lot of money. They've brought some players in. Nuno's happy with what they've done. He didn't use the opportunity last night to say he wants more players. And I know people might say he's been loyal to his current team, but he has been doing that in recent weeks. He's he stated explicitly we need new players. He wasn't saying that last night. He said the solutions are in his squad. I think if we take that at face value, there won't be anyone else coming in. He did also say on Friday, and, and I wrote down exactly what he said in his press conference. He said... A couple of weeks left of the window at the time said it's hard for all of us managers. We have to be ready for anything that can happen. I took that to mean ins and outs. We have to have a balanced squad. We have eyes wide open so we can react if we need to. It's all about making decisions and reacting to things that might happen. Do you think he means things that might happen as in someone might come in for a Wolves player and they have to react quickly? Or do you think he means things that might happen as in player becoming available that Wolves might fancy? I think he's talking about both and I, I think it's that sensible to do so. There's a week left in the transfer market and you, you can't rule anything out, can you? Um, the way it was described to me was they'd only bring somebody in if they had a couple of horrendous results. I mean, they have had one. Um, injuries and if, if the right deal becomes available and we know with George Mendes, there's not many deals that you can rule out. So there's nothing that I'm aware of at the moment. But equally, if, if something was presented to them that they felt was right, then then they would do it. You know, there is the money to do it. I have had questions about the Wolves recruitment team and whether they might feel slightly overlooked by the fact that all the deals so far have involved George Mendes rather than their extensive scouting network. Is that an issue? That's a big issue. That's a, that's a, that's a big talking point. It's a bit of both, really. You know, Mendes will help facilitate deals and offer players, but equally, Wolves have got such an extensive scouting and recruitment team that they know about these players already. I think Fabio Silva would be the perfect example of that, somebody that they'd watched for two years, and yet it's Mendes who opens that door, you know, to sign him when they weren't expecting to have signed him. But Mendes says, do you want Fabio Silva? The Wolves recruitment and scouting team say, well, we've watched him for two years, this, this and this, this is what he can do, this is how good he can be, and then he comes in. That's how it tends to work. They don't get plucked from nowhere. I know that's that's a bit of a misconception. George Mendes doesn't just text Nuno saying Fabio Silva question mark. There's far more that goes into it than that. And yeah, Wolves' scouting team have done some fantastic work over the years, and Max Kilman would be a prime example of that, Um, plucked from non-league, and he's been a great success story. So, um, So yeah. I wonder whether we might see him on Friday. Interesting. A couple of other things. Um, Morgan Gibbs-White, he's getting rave reviews at Swansea, isn't he? It's great to see. Uh, Yeah, I watched him on Saturday morning against... uh, I'm sorry to say, because I know he he listens to the podcast. One of my best mates, Dom, he's a Wickham fan, but they were absolutely atrocious. We thought Wolves were bad. They were terrible um, against Swansea. Uh, However... Um, Gibbs White ran the show. He was brilliant. He was picking up the ball in 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 pockets of space. He was popping up here, there, and everywhere in the box. He could have had a couple of goals. He was brilliant. Don Goodman was commentating, was raving about him, waxing lyrical, gave him man of the match, deservedly so. Um, exactly the kind of um, display that Wolves needed at West Ham. But hey, no, this is you know levels and Wickham. Like I said, were, were diabolical really. But um, it's great to see him playing. And thriving, and he started three games in a row in the league. I, I doubt he's ever done that for Wolves. Getting regular football, getting a chance to shine under a manager he knows from England youth duty and Steve Cooper, and it's working out really well for him. So it's an initial burst. He's got to keep it up. There are 43 games left to go in the Championship, but he couldn't have made a better start. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant to hear. And you just hope that he gets a full season of playing every week under his belt and then he can come back to Molyneux, hit the ground running straight into the first team, you would hope. Um, Fulham at home. Team, discuss. Well, they need Pedence back. Let's hope he is back. He picked up that knock against Man City, shoulder injury. Nuno says not not serious. So they said he'll, they'll see how he looks this week in training. Marcel, I'd be less hopeful on, just judging on, on the, the language they used about him. So they need a result. It's not. It's we're not in must-win territory yet, right? But they, they they need to play well. What I would say is they had a real wobble at the start of last season. People will remember they got thumped to Everton. I think it was three-two, but it wasn't a three-two game. And then they got walloped by Chelsea. Absolutely smashed to pieces. Five-two. Those were in consecutive games. They were nineteenth in the table. Everyone was very worried. The issue at that point was squad rotation. How the hell do they combine Europa League with the Premier League? They got through that. I thought Nuno handled that situation really well. 
he's one of the most intelligent people I've ever, I've ever met, not just in football. Um, he will find the solutions, as he says, to these problems. The issue last season was squad rotation. The issue this season is style, really. What's going to define this Wolves team? What are they? And he's trying to change it. And there's going to be problems. There'll be bumps in the road. West Ham was really alarming. I didn't, I didn't see it come in. Didn't expect it. I expect mixed results at this time while they're changing things, but you don't expect that. He's, he's. This is what we wanted, though, right? We we've said it time and again on the podcast towards the end of last season. You've got, to, you've got to change his approach if Wolves are going to evolve and become a, a top four team. So he's being bold. He's thinking big. He's, he's doing everything you want your manager to be, but is he changing too much without having had a preseason and with only really new signings to kind of supplement what they've got? young new signings rather to supplement what they've got in Silva, Bettina and Hoover so there, there are issues but if anyone's if anyone's going to sort it out it's going to be him I'd expect a reaction against Fulham next week I'd expect a good performance and I'd expect them to win Yeah absolutely and just one other thing before we go is that I know just from his, his press conference again it's on Friday that Nuno really picked up on something that was really frustrating him which is when fans come up to him presumably in Wolverhampton and ask for selfies and they try and put their arms around him and get close to him and not wearing masks because they're out in the open wherever they are but he really really doesn't like it he said when fans approach sometimes I think I lose respect and sympathy for the people because it's about protecting me and the players and who I live with and I hope people understand it's very difficult I'm not sure they do understand I hope they understand we can't be as friendly and close it's not what we want I wish I could hug them and offer selfies and photos but I just can't and about the COVID restrictions, he says, it's not nice at all. It's not enjoyable. So that's something that's that's clearly bothering him. So if you see Nuno, please have some respect and don't ask. Or stand two metres away and do a distance selfie. There you go. He won't mind that at all. Another reason to be cheerful. Wolves women have moved to the top of the table with an 8-1 thumping of Solihull Moors, who had been top of the table after the opening day. So that's 14 goals for, just one against in the first two games um, after, well, they were denied promotion from the fourth tier. They play Sporting Calcer this Wednesday. So Wednesday the 30th September in Willenhall. If you're around, you can go to the Guardian Warehousing Arena. It's a 7.45 kickoff. You can go and support the Wolves. Actually watch a Wolves team in the flesh. If you go to the Wolves women section of Wolves .co.uk. There's a link at the bottom of the match report. £3 a ticket online. £4 on the gate at Wolves Women. For more details, anything else to report, Spiders? No, I'm just going to go and lie down. <laughs> that was quite painful. Was it not cathartic a little bit? I feel, I feel, I feel like I've got it out of my system a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I won't be texting you at half 11 tonight, like last night. But it's like when you've had a facial or a massage, you know, they just leave you for a few minutes to gather your thoughts and they give you a, a cup of water, don't they? One of those little plastic cups of water while you just come around. I feel like that's what I need after this. <laughs> and to recover from the uh, the pain of being burnt from the split hot water bottle. Anyway, thank you, Tim. And thank you to Matt Jarvis for our therapy session. I mean, analysis. Make sure you are a subscriber to The Athletic. It's only a pound a month at the moment. All that top quality content, no adverts, all Wolves in-depth articles from Tim, as well as all the latest info on transfers, etc. Especially at the moment, that is absolutely fascinating. Get all the podcasts ad-free as well on the app. You go to theathletic.co.uk forward slash Wolves pod. Just a pound a month. What can you buy with that? We'll be with you next Tuesday morning, hopefully in rather more positive spirits, but frankly, we can't guarantee it. Bye. (laughs) 